The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The following is an iHeartRadio podcast. The Soundtrack Show will begin in 5, 4, 3... interview with Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez discussing the songs of Frozen 2. This is The Soundtrack Show. Welcome back to The Soundtrack Show. I'm your host, David W. Collins, and this special episode features a recent interview that was recorded right here in my Soundtrack Show studio with the incredible songwriting duo of Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, whose songs have literally changed popular culture over the years, most notably with their mega-hit franchise, Frozen. Into the end. In this interview, we discuss their songwriting journey that was the making of Frozen 2, a movie musical that features incredible songs like the DS era powerhouse Into the Unknown, the folksy melody of All Is Found, the comically spooky When I Am Older, the Baba O'Reilly meets piano opener Some Things Never Change, and the 80s power ballad inspired Lost in the Woods. They share their insights, their challenges, and some great stories. Here is our soundtrack show interview with Bobby and Kristen Lopez. Yes, the wind blows a little bit colder, and we're all getting older, and the clouds are moving on with every autumn breeze. Peter Pumpkin just became fertilizer, and my leaf's a little sadder and wiser. That's why I rely on certain certainties. Yes, some things never change. Like the feel of your hand in mine Some things stay the same 
like how we get along just fine Like an old stone wall that'll never fall Some things are always true Some things never change Like how I'm holding on tight to you Thanks you guys so much for doing this. This is great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's, this, this is, show. Bobby's been so excited. I'm, and I'm excited too, but Bobby in particular uh, listens to you religiously. He's like, the soundtrack show came out yeah. today. Which it's I Wednesday. Can't, I can't believe it's still, I mean, first of all, it's it's great that you guys are actually here in the place where I make this. and Because usually I put this out it, it, the show goes out, and then usually about a day or two later, I get a text from Bobby going, hey, yeah. <laughs> oh, what about this? And then I analyzed this, and I saw, you know, and I was just like, oh, my God, kindred spirit listening to the Seriously. show. So thank you for always, you know, giving me inspiration and fuel to add to the next episode and things. I think the most important thing is to, like, always be learning something. And I yeah. I never went to film school. I'm, I learned tons from your show. Oh, thanks. I, I think it's great, and I love the way you the way you analyze music and the storytelling your oh. your storytelling your ability to say you know and listen to what john williams does here from the now, point of view listen of, what yeah. he does here and you get everybody so excited it's, it's true i get carried away sometimes but it's, it's true. a it's a real gift it's a <laughs> no, real no, gift no no i would encourage you to go further I mean, that's like more of a green lightsaber moment. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> that was great. He made me listen to that. I was like, that. now, that's what I'm I, referencing. Is, am I going to be judged for that? I don't care. Because that, that was, I'll admit, semi-autobiographical. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think that that's a moment that every boy of that of that year yeah. had in common. Like, a green lightsaber. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. The little, it's the little things, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Well, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, we had you on the show last time. It was such a great interview. I've gotten so many, so much great feedback about it. Your story is incredible. Your songwriting process is incredible. Um, one of the things we talked about that last time was what you were up to at the time, which was debuting Frozen on Broadway. So since then, I've had a chance to see it. Thank you very much for that. We went and saw the December premiere in, in Los Angeles. Oh, good. We, so you saw the tour cast. We saw the tour cast. They're fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, we got a babysitter and we're like, oh my gosh, we're out. What is our life right now? <laughs> this is, it was date night, you know, it was so amazing. And um, it just blew me away. It just blew me away. Like seeing... Um, Seeing the songs in action, you know, hearing them and talking about them is one thing. But for example, the coronation, you yeah, know, yeah. to hear um, "Dangerous to Dream" on the soundtrack is one thing. But to then suddenly realize that I am in the power, the storytelling power, of being inside Elsa's head during the coronation, which is something you can't do in the movie, or right. you didn't have time to do in the movie. Well, you could do through close up. Yeah, through close up, but through those true. Huge eyes and the way and eyebrows, but you in the it musical. It doesn't work on stage. You, if you you can't do it close up except with a song. So that's right. that's why we had to write that song. But, but you get. Was, but it, there's so many other benefits. You know the emotion of it. I mean, it forgive the pun. Kind of crystallizes her fear. <laughs> See what I did there? I would have written yes. that one ahead of very time. Good, very good. Um, but no, it was incredible. And the other thing that I wasn't expecting was how adorable those kids were at the top of the show. Like you just don't realize, and then you're seeing these kids act out Anna and Elsa, and they were hilarious were and talented yeah. and... Those kids are great. I, I feel like our, our casting, shout out to our, uh, to Bernie Telsey Casting, yeah. um, because our casting people are really great about making sure, especially with Anna and Elsa, that the kids are not trained seals, that mm -hmm. they're not going like, do you want to build a snowman? Yeah. Like, they are really acting it and feeling it. And um, so they're real kids up there. Because otherwise, 
kids on stage can be slightly alienating when mm -hmm. you feel that they're forced or uh, held hostage up there. Yeah. yeah, and the writing was charming and they were just so natural. And, you know, the power of seeing that story with an audience like that, with the applause and the music, I mean, it really, to me, kind of drives home you know, something that we talk about a lot on this show, the importance of music. But I want to get more into musicals, you know, coming up in 2020 in, in, the, in the soundtrack show because... You know, it's such a paradigm shift. You're so uh, core. You're such a core part of the story. Yeah. You're the you're the sort of the emotional engine. You're the you're the exposition. You're the develop character development. You're kind of driving the entire thing in a way that film score just doesn't. It's a completely yeah. different. It's a it's different like way of looking at it. Yeah, you have to. The way I think about it, and the the hard truth for our collaborators sometimes is, it's our job to write the best parts yeah. <laughs> of the story. We're trying to trying to write the climax. It's not every. Not all of them, obviously, but you don't want the songs to be the part where you check your watch. Right. I, I <laughs> where the plot stops exactly. and you just kind of I think of it, um, and it was validated by an interview I, I had the privilege of doing with um, oh, Stephen Schwartz this fall. Oh, wow. But it, he and I use the same word, architect. I think of, if you're a songwriter for a musical, you're really the architect. You are building... You're in charge of making the giant pillars that are holding up the roof and the walls. And the roof and the walls are, are you know, really important too. The dialogue and what, what you're seeing. But if those pillars aren't there and if those songs are not in the key, most important moments of your storytelling, then it's kind of false. You, you can feel that it's a little bit wonky. You can feel when it's a movie with songs versus a musical where the songs are all of the pivotal decision points or fully revelations. integrated, fully, you know, and there's a real exchange too between the dialogue and the lyrics um, in Frozen, but also in Frozen 2, which is what this brings me to. You know, I wanted to talk to you today, of course, about Frozen 2, which again, got a babysitter, went to the theater, <laughs> saw it, had a great time. Um, the kids, of course, just organically found it and we hear it. I mean, we listen to it every day. The songs are are just so wonderful and I want to talk to you about those. But first I want to ask you, what was the process like when you're doing Frozen Broadway, you're having to write all these new songs for an existing story and kind of break another story altogether with Disney. Right. What Were you doing that simultaneously or was there kind of a good gap there? There wasn't a gap, but we, as we were writing the songs for Frozen Broadway, we were um, in video conference a lot with the team in Burbank working on the story for Frozen 2, but we hadn't really written any songs until until the show was until the show was about done. Yeah, I, that's when I we would started say, writing songs. So Jennifer Lee and the two of us were having to do both. Um, and that was a real positive thing because we were working together every single day. We were, um, you know, she was writing the script in Burbank the dialogue for the Broadway musical while we were writing the bulk of the songs. The, the bulk of the work fell on us to to make like 12 more songs for the Broadway musical. Um, the bulk of the work on the movie, like the Viz Dev, fell on Jennifer Lee. So she was sort of driving the ship of the movie um, with us going back and forth while we were driving the ship of the musical for a while. Mm -hmm. And then 
then we would switch sometimes. Then then it would be time for us to write a song and for her to do a new draft. But um, it was a lot. We were doing a lot. I, I think they did inform each other too. I think, and you can um, hear it musically too. I, I feel like, can't yeah. you? Some of those arrangements made it into the movie from the musical. Or, <laughs> that's that's yeah. true. That's a that's a separate issue. But the um, sorry, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying like they the the mother, the character of the mother, who was so important in Frozen Two. I think we found that as a result of um, of the work we did on Broadway because it felt. It felt like she, for some reason, should know what to do in that in that moment when when Anna gets struck in the beginning, and that she that gave her that secret, and she calls to the hidden folk in uh, in the in the play, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think that that sort of that discovery um, gave us you know a, a road to go down for for the movie, right. in terms of the mother. So if you go and see, so Frozen Two actually. Or I should say, the musical actually kind of provides depth to Frozen Two, then, because they're kind of connected in a way that the, right. the first movie wasn't. It's yeah. sort of an Easter egg. Yeah. Um, yeah. To to go, oh, the mother knows uh, she was a nomad of the north. Right. Uh, my parents were nomads of the north. Right. Uh, which is a big Easter egg to the fact that Anna and Elsa are mixed race. Mm-hmm. Here, <laughs> spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully you've all seen the movie. If not, uh, yeah. But um, so, how do you go into a project like Frozen Two, deciding what the songs are going to be? I think you only have, I think, maybe seven, seven songs, or yeah, like, seven you, songs. How, how do you define those kind of key moments that are so integral, or you know, the pillars of Tear House? You, you mentioned being an architect. Well, how do you um, whittle down to that process? Well, it also begins with. Let's imagine in the architect metaphor that Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck are our client collaborators. So Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck said, we're going to grow this movie up. Our audience is six years older. Our girls, um, you know, Anna and Elsa, are older too. And how do we how do we approach maturity and change? And that was that was the first lead thing that came from Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck, and it got us very excited because yeah. we wanted to, uh, you know, Frozen Frozen was something we wrote when our children were much younger. Now we had a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old, um, and we were tackling very different things, like how do we help our 14-year-old listen to her gut and find her path? How do we let them know that sometimes change is hard? Sometimes you have yeah. to go through middle school to to experience the the strength you're going to need to face the real world. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, it, 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 you're, these comments again, just like last time, kind of reinforce how deeply personal songwriting is and how they inform. You know, if had anyone else been given this task, it would have turned out just radically different and, dare I say, wouldn't have the same sort of heart and personal touch to it that the first one did. So this really is kind of semi-autobiographical again in that you're kind of growing up. Well, you have to bring your own experience whenever you're making a story. You, you can't... Um you can't just create a generic story. You have to bring your own emotions to it from your own life, and and different things resonate to different people. But uh, Jen, Jen, and Chris were uh, Chris when when we were making at the end of Frozen One. Um, Chris, we were doing the press junket, and Chris lost his son, um, and and so watching him go through that terrible grief, um, but still have to soldier on and. Uh, and do his job at the same time, that definitely made its way into uh, our choice for 
um, for Frozen 2 in terms of Anna and what she goes through towards the end, the grief of that, you know, next right thing moment. Um, and so everybody brings, everybody brings stuff from their own life and the story, the story starts with what emo where emotionally do we want to go? We don't know any details of the plot yet, but where emotionally do we want to take it? I remember they made this amazing, almost like a sizzle reel that was just for emotion. We knew we wanted um, Anna to find her power, basically find her uh, leadership. And they, they used music and images to show how that might feel in a, in a you know, maybe five minute reel. What music did they use? I, I don't even know, but it was whatever it was, it made you, it made you cheer at the end uh -huh. because she became queen. Uh, even though you didn't know what happened in the story. And then Elsa, we knew we wanted her to find where she was meant to be because there was something about her sitting in Arendelle, even though she was happy and loved her family, that was not fully fulfilled. And, uh, and so we knew the story wanted to be about her um, going, from, going from that place of longing to a place of, of total fulfillment and finding, connecting with her reason to be. So that, remember that, right. remember that yeah, little I reel? Do. Yeah, I um, do. That, that was Mark Smith created that. Mark Smith was the head of story. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he actually did a huge amount of heavy lifting in that first year just to help us find tone. Mm. Um, and, and that sounds more simple than it is. It's, it really, like, what he had to do was huge amounts of research and also looking at color and shape. Um, and again, pulling back a thousand miles, maybe out of that first year of research, one of the, the true north that comes out of that is that um, if the first movie was about um, sometimes true love isn't what it looks like, uh, sometimes it's not that prince coming and kissing you, sometimes it's in your family and you already have it, to us, the thing that was very exciting was what if true love comes in the form of finding your own path and place in the world and your own strength. Like sometimes true love doesn't even come from another person. It comes from clicking into what the universe wants from you. Your role, your place in, you know, fulfilling your destiny or whatever. Right. And going through a hard journey to get there, yeah. going out of your comfort zone and challenging yourself um, and even risking your relationships possibly with, with the people who are closest, who are closest to, you. to you. So knowing this, knowing, you know, kind of where you started tonally in terms of <clears throat> a dark place, there was, there was grief involved. There was also, um, you know, reaching the, the, the pinnacle of Anna becoming queen. There was sort of self-realization. How do you start? What was the first song that you kind of cracked in this process that, that made it into the movie? Well, the, the one other, the, uh, the other tonal thing that was, that Jen, um, and Chris brought to it was they wanted it to be a mystery. They wanted it to, to take a, um, a genre departure from the first fairy tale film. Um, and they wanted, they wanted the characters to be, uh, studying a mystery from the past and trying to puzzle it out so that they could go forward in the present towards the future that they needed to be in. And, and so I, at first we were a little nervous because we don't know too many, uh, mysteries that are musicals. Um, and it's hard to capture that, what's emotional about a mystery. Yeah. So the first thing that we looked at was the mother, right? The mother holds, the, holds all the answers, but can't really communicate them because she dies. Um, and, uh, and so we figured out uh, that in the prologue, 
she would sing them a lullaby, and the lullaby um, would be sort of in code the roadmap to the whole adventure and what she really wanted to tell them but couldn't about their heritage and about their about Elsa's destiny. So, and there's also um, we looked at a lot of Norwegian lullabies or Scandinavian lullabies, um, and they're all in that. Yeah, minor mode. Minor sort of, mode. Uh, yeah. um, they all have that feeling of like a fog creeping over, like your screensaver over there, yeah. <laughs> creeping over the fjord. Um, and and also, even just the, the ones that we all know, Rockabye Baby, When the Bell Breaks, The Cradle Will Fall, they all yeah. have a warning in them, too. So in... In that particular song, In All Is Found, you've got a roadmap for the whole movie. You've got her saying, there's a path for you. There's a river full of memory. Uh, you've got, go too far and you'll be drowned. Um, and All is found. Mm -hmm. And all is found. Yeah. All, when all is lost, all then is all, lost, is all is found. And you'll notice in with our two main characters, but with everybody, when they are the most lost is when they find their way. Right, so All Is Found was actually, not only is it chronologically first in the movie, but it was kind of the first. It was the first song kind we, of, we uh, had, yeah. Call, you know, what kind of spoke to you is like, okay, we need this sort of Arendelle-ish or uh, folk song. Yeah, we know? wanted it to feel mysterious. Generational and epic, give it that sort of, uh, and we, we chose an instrument actually, our, our, um, our orchestrator, Dave Metzger, who is, um, a huge inspiration to us as we as we work. We like to say he's the secret sauce. <laughs> he's the secret sauce. The secret yeah. sauce of Frozen. Um, he doesn't get enough credit for the fact that what he does with instruments, um, how it it makes it both epic and incredibly personal. Um, and if you ever get the chance to meet him, he's just a beautiful human being. Like just yeah, he's a wonderful. Beautiful, yeah. kind. Oh, yeah, I'd love person. to talk to him. That would be amazing. Yeah, because it, it takes it to yeah a whole new level of. Well, texture and emotion. And there's there's the the solo instrument in the beginning of it is, it's a it's a sort of Scandinavian dulcimer called a kantele, and um, it's it's the um, the traditional instrument of the Kalevala, which is that um, Icelandic or Finnish folk folk saga, um, the, like the original kind of Tolkienish mm -hmm, myth, mm -hmm. and it's all played on this, um, and it, it can be eleven strings, it can be it can be twenty strings, it can be. And it's got this kind of, to me, it, it, it's just so evocative of, of um, like Lord of the Rings kind of myth. Kind of where sort of the Nibelung and all of that kind of German folklore came from as yeah, well. Yeah, I think or? it's it's all it's all sort of that uh, <laughs> Nibelung. All I can think of is that Pat Pet Benatar song Nibelung, Nibelung, <laughs> Nibelung together. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God, a very different take on the recovering cycle for sure. And now for a brief intermission.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We return now to the soundtrack show. The songs, the songs were were even for their for their function, just struck me as being very unique. The first time I heard them, actually, were, I was in this room. You know, before I saw the movie, I you know I saw the the songs. We talked about them. I sent you guys this long, glowing email. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God, that was so wrong. Like, and then this, and yeah. then that, and then notice this. <laughs> that email meant a lot uh, to Bobby. I think um, the other thing, going to the end of the process, there's this moment when you release it to the world where you are so raw. It's yeah. like, I... I the, you don't know what the reaction's gonna be. You right. don't know what the reaction is. You don't know who's seen it and who hasn't. You don't know who is keeping their opinion secret or withholding it from you. Right. Um, you just walk <laughs> around really paranoid yeah. and like very raw. So those those friends who reach out, and I know no one's gonna feel sorry for the people who wrote Frozen or Frozen 2, but it it is when it was when it's so big and you're there's so much pressure on it that that time really does make you feel very naked when you walk around. You're like, I'm a human being. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People forget they, they focus on the commerce of it, but they forget that it's art. You know, it's your artists, and 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 that that is always just by nature deeply personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the point being not to feel sorry for us, but to say thank you for reaching out to Bobby because I think oh, yeah. it, that email came at a moment where where we definitely felt like everything was sort of out of control and we had, there was no more steering the boat. It was just like, good luck. I hope it goes well. And to hear from someone whose opinion we respect so much oh, that it, that you liked so it oh, just yeah. is, is one of those things that helps you like go to lunch and order a bagel. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I you know, not to be to expose myself too much here, but I wept like I was. Well, for, first of all, there were all of these things that you and I have talked about mm-hmm. that made their way into the show, yeah. you know, because when we first met, the whole conversation we had was around pressure because I'd been talking about The Empire Strikes Back. And, right, you know, exactly. in my previous podcast, and and um, and you and I started talking about that, and then I started imagining, you know, my own experiences amplified to what you're going through with Frozen, which was, you know, just a like changed culture. You know, I mean, that's at that level, it's just got to be tremendous, and then to come out with a, a second. Um, movie like that with these songs, it just really, really struck me, especially when I, obviously when I heard Into the Unknown. I don't want to skip past Some Things Never Change, because yeah, yeah. I want to talk about okay. that. All right. but, but Into the Unknown, when I heard it, and you know, of course the DSRA, which you had told me was in the trailer, but I, I missed it the first time because you were taking so much in. But then to hear that a whole song sort of featured this this call, and then to hear it harmonizing with each other in, in a major key and being sort of uplifting when she locks into it. Like there's, there, it worked on so many levels for me, not to mention that it was just, it just kicked ass. Like well, it was such a kick-ass song, you know, that I, I just also, sat here and I was like, <laughs> it was also like midnight and the kids were down and I was like exhausted. I'm like, all right, let's check this out. And then I had just blast it. No one's right holding here. you to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, it was just great. And I was like, oh, well this is, and I'm sure you guys talk about Into the Unknown in every interview you do, but it was like instantly struck me as this hit on so many levels and helped me 
really understand what the movie was going to be when I walked into it. I can hear you, but I won't. Some look for trouble, while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day and ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away. Oh, oh. You're not a voice, you're just a ringing in my ear. And if I heard you, which I don't, and spoken for, I fear. Everyone I've ever loved is here within these walls I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your calls I've had my adventure, I don't need something new I am afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown Into the unknown just loved it. That was that song was the key. We we had written a different song for that slot and um, it didn't have there was no voice in the story yet. It was just Elsa with her with her problem wanting to find the truth, wanting to solve the mystery and it was called I Seek the Truth and it it kind of sat there when we watched the screening. It didn't feel dramatic enough. And It was uh, very emo. She was very cerebral. It yeah. it started with like Mother, I am flipping through the past, turning pages of a book to find you. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, extended, right, yeah, that's yeah. Right. you singing it, um, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mother, I am flipping through the past, turning pages of a book to find you. Mother, I am lost. Mother, I am scared. Mother, I don't know what to do. What were you trying to say? Must have written it down for a reason Must have thought I'd find it someday I feel this power surging through me Every minute like a horse that's gone wild Mother, you were here, mother, you are gone And you left behind a scared child Can't sit around and cry There's too much to lose And I think that I've been given this power for a reason and I need to know why I seek the truth What are you telling me I'm ready to hear Can't go forward this way With questions growing day by day I seek the truth What are you showing me I'm ready to see I need to know who Yeah, it's a great song. I don't yeah, think it's a bad song, but... It was too... I, you know, we had been there, done that with Let It Go. We've seen Elsa up on the mountain, alone, puzzling through her existence. Um, what was so great, and I, I do, you know, it's hard to say... It, through all of our talks, you never know who was the person who said, let's make it a voice. Right. Let's let make the metaphor, let's make a duet, so that Elsa is basically in duet with her destiny, um, which is, I think, kind of what goes on in that moment of restlessness. I, I, 
any artist I know has had this moment of saying, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it, it is, you're in a duet with your future self, like, or with the self that's going to really create something that matters. Um, whether it's you're stuck in North Carolina going, I gotta move to New York, or you're stuck at a temp job saying like, if only I could make enough money um, that I could write full time. All of these things are true for me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's say it's a friend. Let's say it's a friend <laughs> who is saying, gosh, I've been writing the same thing for 10 years. It's time to start <laughs> writing something new. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, where we are now. You're, you're <laughs> walking into the unknown. You're yes. you're 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 in a duet with the unknown, but with the potential of something that's calling you to do something new. Um, and uh, that's another musical part of the mystery. To say again, like to bring mystery into the musical storytelling of it, um, that no one knows where this voice is coming from. No one knows exactly what it is. Maybe it's leading her to her death. Hence the DSE. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it's um, maybe it's you know a, a voice that's calling her to her purpose, and maybe it's a little of both. And that's why we when we realize like oh, okay, it'll be it'll be this high call. Uh, that only Elsa can hear. We thought, well, we have to, we have to use the DSRA. Short, sweet, packed with so much, seven hundred years of history or whatever. Yeah. Your musicology obviously is in a dialogue with Bobby's music. Um, <laughs> in, in, you guys are in a dialogue as artists uh, through this podcast, because um, I, I'm sure that was playing out when we were discovering that on the piano. And another thing... I'm going to try not to get emotional here while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. um, another thing that's kind of fun uh, is that Into the Unknown, it's a it's an octave. Yeah. Into the unknown. It's yeah. stepping a foot yeah. outside. And then coming back. And then into the unknown. 11? 11. 11. 11. 11. Yeah, yeah, 11. Going into the DSE, right? Yeah. And then she does it in, yeah. Right. But an 11th, you know, it, it sort of mirrors the story of she's going, she, she's been safe, she's been happy, but there's a tug of war, there's something pulling her. She's stepping out, but she's coming back. She doesn't want to leave her happiness. I mean, she's but, leading up to it, too. Right. She's doing it, and she's doing a little bit more, yeah. and then she's finally doing it. And kind of embracing, yeah, the DSRA. Yeah, right. I, but it also leads and ends, comes to DSRA, mm -hmm. which means possible death or Danger. at least transformation. Well, when she states it, it's in this kind of major and then into the relative minor. But then when Aurora mm -hmm. states it back, it's definitely back in its sort of... It's E-flat minor yeah. blues. Yeah. <laughs> Every day it's a little harder as I feel my power grow. Don't you know there's part of me that loves to go?
The Soundtrack Show will continue in a moment. We return now to The Soundtrack Show. Build a snowman. Come on, let's go and play. I wanted to ask you about your piano intros because, you know, you had these great piano intros for Build a Snowman and, and Let It Go. This one feels like a minor riff on Do You Want to Build a Snowman? It does. And, you know, I don't think we had planned that out, but I think it, it kind of makes sense. It's just your sense. voice. It's it just works. your hand. It's, it's just, just your hands on the instrument. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's also what I love. Um, you know, a lot of it, Bobby noodles a lot. And then when he finds something that makes my spine tingle, I go, yes. Yeah. So, it's your guitar uh, riff at the top. That's what. <laughs> the thing we had going into it, which we had written for another project and not used, was the riff, the, the, um, the piano part from the chorus, da, 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 the, the major version of oh, it. And yeah. then Kristen said, well, it starts in the middle of the night, so let's make it feel a little more middle of the night. So I put it up the octave and, and put it in that sort of minor with a sixth. Well, and that kind of sort of 6-8 or 12-8 kind of, you know, that sort of, it just speaks of adventure, too. You know, you, that sort of classic, da, 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 you know, kind of that part of the like Caribbean. like a horse, like yep, a yeah, water horse you might be riding <laughs> across yeah, the yeah, water. exactly. <laughs> Musical storytelling, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's great. And the other thing that strikes me about it, too, is that, you know, Elsa as a character in the first movie was all about finding joy in the release of being who she was. And so there's something about the rewrite, you know, you going after that song where she's again, getting to release and like, she's becoming comfortable, you know, she's, she's okay with, you know, not knowing what's going on. And there's something, there's like a release there that just seems so, uh, perfect for her character. Am I making sense? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we like wanted to get. Yeah. Yeah. Let it we go. wanted it to feel, sorry. Because let there's it a joy. Was, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's so joy. the joy yeah. of let it go, but uh-huh. in a totally different way because there's some fear in the joy. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and to see her be afraid of, you know, something that isn't herself was kind of neat because she likes it. You know, that, that was really like a, a really interesting, oh, this is different. This is a, this is a, this is a, like a, a brave warrior Elsa against the world, not against herself. Right. Elsa has a triptych. We talk about this a lot, that Let It Go was like rebellious. Like, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. But she had to be sort of alone and isolated. And then at the end of Frozen 1, she's accepted and accepted by her family. And there's something very different about then being able to find your self-acceptance once you've been accepted by everyone she's still on a journey of self-acceptance so so into the unknown is actually allowing it's a tug of war but it's allowing herself to say like now i am loved and accepted but there's still something tugging at me that i need here's what i want yeah for the first time she's allowed uh, to mm -hmm. express what it is that she wants, and it's hesitant. She's moving but up then, the pyramid, uh-huh. like human needs, or yes, whatever. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get to show yourself, yeah. uh, which which is sort of the arrival, the arrival of Frozen One and Frozen Two. Show yourself. It's your turn. Are you the one I've been looking for all of my life? So certain, 
Powerful moment as well because it's just so earned through so much turmoil and, and finally getting there. But it, it's there's so so much strength in that song, you know. Again, as well. So there's just it just it's a wonderful Elsa movie. And and again, what strikes me about it um, is that I was getting all of this before I had even seen it. You know, I was I was all out of the music because I'd heard the soundtrack a lot before I went into it. Um, but I, I mentioned this before, and, and I want to get back to it. Uh, for two reasons. One, there's some textures in Frozen 2 that I want to talk about, sort of the rock and roll side of things. But before we get there, exposition is always really difficult to crack. And I wanted to, and I think Some Things Never Change is such an interesting song. And it wasn't your first version of that because Home was... Home, home was the first thing we started yeah, with. Yeah, so how yeah. did that evolve into what, what we ended up with with... Um, we loved home, and everybody mm -hmm. loved home. But the problem with it was, it didn't accomplish a lot of exposition. It just, it just stayed with Anna and her feelings. And, and it accomplished you didn't get a Elsa, great. You didn't get Kristoff. Right, you didn't exactly. get Olaf even. Yeah, yeah. no, no yeah. one was really in a it. A great chance yeah. to highlight my whistling skills. <laughs> that um, was you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. I believe it was. Salty breeze blowing through the fjord. I hear those creaky ships as old board meets old board. I breathe in the place I live and wonder what else can I give this home? My home. Wandering through the town with everyone doing all of their stuff. Somewhere in my heart, I feel I've not yet done enough for these people I know. We realized that uh, um, one of the great things, great insights that Jen and Chris had was that Anna was a fairy tale character and um, Elsa was an epic character, a mythical, a mythical huh? character. Um, so we wanted to treat Elsa's music as though it were really that sort of mythic, almost a pop opera kind of um, sound and that Anna should have a, um, a more folksy sound because we didn't want to go, she was no longer 
um, the typical Disney princess anymore. She was she had found Kristoff. She had found true love with her sister, and so we want we thought, okay, we're not going to do we're not going to reference. Um, Alan Menken anymore. We're gonna we're going to do um, something else with her, and so we thought of that ukulele kind of um, uh, folksy feeling for home. And then when that had to fall on the floor, um, we we went to more of that piano riff. It's still folksy. It's still kind of down home. It, we have a banjo going. We have when Christoph shows up, yeah. suddenly it gets very. I'm like, oh, yeah. poor Christoph. Is he still living in the woods? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I think of it as um, one of the one of the things that was very important from Chris and Jen, again, almost everything we do is in dialogue with Chris and Jen and, and what they want and their vision for the movie, um, is is that we knew it needed to be a happy, welcome back to Arendelle kind of thing, but we had done that in the shorts and those those burn out fast. Like yeah. you, you know, you don't want to see them happy. We want to know we're going somewhere. It's like telling it needed, people that water is wet. Right. It's like everybody knows. But it needed to have a, a soup salon of bittersweet, which I was like, the fall is feels like that, and we were writing it in the fall too. And the fall in New York is for me, it's a very bittersweet time. It's so beautiful, but it means like summer's over, and you're yeah. going into something dark. You're going into, mm-hmm. like, you're going into to a time of year that you're just gonna feel bad for three months. And so and here the, we are. Welcome to LA. So so one of the insights there was let's make the musical equivalent of what fall feels like, what a harvest festival feels like. The other insight is maybe I need to move to LA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. No, it's funny. Well, it, it has this kind of, it's funny that it's called Some Things Never Change in a season of change in a movie where everyone's going to change, right. you know, so yeah, it's obviously not a... true, And but I just think it's such an interesting lyrical concept as well. Kind of where did that come from? Yeah. Well, we, we, we wrote it very often. You write the intro that you think you need, and then at the very end of the process, you scrap that intro and write the intro you know you need because you know what the story is better now. Right. And we, had, we knew what we needed to set up. The winds are restless. Could that be why I'm hearing this call? There's something coming. I'm not sure I want things to change at all. These days are precious. Can't let them slip away. I can't freeze this moment, but I can still go out and seize this day. It'll be older. It's time to count our blessings beneath an autumn sky. We'll always live in the kingdom of plenty that stands for the good. 
tight to holding on tight to We'll be back with part two of our interview on the next episode of The Soundtrack Show. Thank you. The Soundtrack Show is an iHeartRadio podcast. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.